So, Luke chapter 7. Thanks, uh, Dallas, for that presentation. Uh, Luke chapter, did I say 7? 9, sorry. Luke chapter 9. Tonight, I want to talk about a group of people that are changing the world and hopefully will change our lives tonight. Uh, let me ask you a question as you guys turn to uh, Luke chapter 9. Let me ask you a question. Do you love Jesus? I kind of let that rattle. Yeah? Yeah? Who here loves Jesus? Yeah? Unashamed, yeah? We love Jesus here. Okay, let me ask you another question. Uh, what has that cost you? Like, ha- has your love for Jesus cost, cost you anything? Think, think about that. Let that reminisce in your mind. Like, what has your love for the Lord costed you? Like, did you have to sacrifice something? Yeah? Um, here's another question. Probably easier to answer. How have you benefited from loving Jesus? Easier, easier question. Yeah? What are ways that your life has been enhanced because you love the Lord? Just, just think. Just think about ways that your life has been enhanced, that you, uh, uh, that you, have, been, that you have benefited from, from knowing Jesus and loving Jesus. So I was sitting down earlier and I was thinking about uh, these questions. Am I blessed because I know Jesus? And if I am blessed because I know Jesus, what does that look like? Okay. So here's some things that I came up with. Well, because we love Jesus, right, there's forgiveness of sins. Amen? Amen? I guess nobody is at all excited that your sins have been forgiven. None of you. Mike Stu is excited. Everybody else, you enjoy the heat, right? Okay. Uh, grace and mercy. Yeah? Grace and mercy. That not only have we been forgiven our sins, but God loves us and he hooks us up. Yeah? So we want to talk about different ways that he's hooked us up. So peace. That's another uh, benefit of knowing Jesus. That when Jesus comes into your life, you don't have to worry. Really, because ultimately we have eternal life and we're going to spend eternity with him. So it's like, really, how bad can it get? You know? Uh, Here's some other things. Maybe financial status. Because I know Jesus, maybe... Uh, things turn around a little bit, you know, financially. Maybe uh, social status. Sometimes it's a, it's a, sometimes it's a good thing to know Jesus, you know. Um, some other things. Having a clear mind, having friends. Yeah. Uh, because I come to know Jesus, like maybe I'm a loner, I come to know Jesus, I, I meet a, a, a group of amazing people, and really the Bible teaches them to love me, so I go into that group and they have to love me, you know. <laughs> So that's definitely a plus, you know, friends, uh, activities, you know, say you're a loner and you do nothing and you go to a youth group where a bunch of people love you and they take you hiking and they take you to the pool. Like on Sunday, you guys can come, do a little bit of yard work and you have a pool party, you know, and if you need a ride, the pastor will probably pick you up. You know, there's lots of benefits in being a, a believer. Uh, food. Everybody say food. Yes. Okay, Christians and food kind of go synonymous, right? That's a, definitely a hookup, okay? Uh, let's see, what else? 
uh, comfort through friends, you know, especially if you're the loner type or you feel real alone or you're kind of outcast. You come to a place, not only do you get uh, uh, people who hang out with you all the time, but they pray for you, you know. You ask them for help and they show up, you know. You can trust these people. And if not, you can take your Bible and be like, hey, aren't you supposed to come and help me in my time of need? So it's good to read your Bible. All right, what else? Uh, okay, talk about the coolness of Christianity. Yeah? It's cool to be a Christian. Okay, why? Uh, stickers, right? Uh, so you get hooked up with stickers, right? There's all kinds of cool like freebies that you get being a Christian. Yeah, you guys just came tonight and you guys got a free sticker, right? Eternal Rider, great video, great presentation. Okay? Uh, sometimes posters. There's all kinds of amazing t-shirts. Uh, you can be super, like, the above-beyond Christian and get, like, those Christian scriptures, you know? You write, like, on your bicep, on your calf, you know? And, like, check out my scripture, man, you know? <laughs> That's kind of cool, you know? Uh, what else? <laughs> License plate, cell phone cases, concerts, you know? When you become a believer, right, you trade in all the evil music, you trade it in for good godly music, and guess what? There's good godly concerts. Like, you can go to a concert that is just amazing with the lights and the sound, and it's good music and clean music, all because you love Jesus, okay? Concerts, uh, conferences, uh, various types of clothing apparel, even sponsorships. There's Christian companies looking for Christian writers. Cody, right? Yes. Okay, so you can be a Christian-sponsored motocross rider, surfer, uh, you name it, and, and there's Christian companies out there that will sponsor you for being a Christian. Talk about benefits, yeah, all kinds of benefits. Uh, what else do I have? Um, sick, hip, modern music videos and movies. You know, like if you don't like the worldly stuff, right, and you trade in all your worldly stuff, there's the exact same genre just in the Christian. You know, if you like folk music, none of you guys like folk music. Like, folk what? Okay? Mike Stu, right? The only guy who enjoys forgiveness also. Praise the Lord. Okay? So you trade in your genre for music, right? Hip-hop. Lecrae just came out with a brand new CD. Uh, uh, just, you know, as, as good as it'll get in the hip-hop industry. You like rap? There's Christian rap. You like uh, gospel? There's Christian gospel. You like rock, there's Christian rock. You know? If you just like to sit in uh, uh, um, uh, and just listen to instrumentals, there's Christian instrumental CDs. You know? If it's instrumental, yeah. how can it not be Christian? Yeah. There's no words. I just will not respond to that at all. I'm just glad you... Just stop. Just stop. Okay, so let's move on. Let's move on a little. Just, it's all right. It's all right. I just won't even respond to that. Delete from CD. Okay? We will not post that on the web. Um, okay, so because you are a Christian and we live in America, we enjoy freedoms. Okay? We've been talking about freedoms that are being challenged, but really um, we have a freedom to uh, practice, to pray, to preach, whatever religion you want. Okay? But because we're Christian and we live in America, like that's like a great privilege and honor for us. You know, we can stand up out here and shout Jesus and scream Jesus. You guys can go to school. You guys can go in the middle of the mall and scream Jesus and you guys won't get shot. That's a freedom. 
Okay. Um, so let me let me get get back to that other question. So I just went on for five minutes about benefits of being a Christian. So, so let me ask the question again. The, the first initial question that I asked you: How much has your Christianity cost you? I just listed off easy, a handful of benefits that we get from being Christians. So let me ask you that question again. What has your belief in Jesus costed you? It, it was tough for me to think about. Like, what, what has it really costed me? So, so I was thinking, like, okay, so maybe I had to change my friends when I came to love Jesus. But then I got friends in return, right? So I gave up some, but I got friends in return. And I was thinking, uh, all right, what else would I have to change if I became a believer? I gave up... Uh, um, secular music, you know, because when you guys come to know Jesus, you guys don't want to be listening to songs that are about um, uh, drug, sex, and alcohol, yeah? So you turn it in for Jesus, angels, and preaching, you know, something like that. Grace, mercy, and love, you know? So I, I got rid of one music, and, and I picked up another, so I didn't really sacrifice too much there. Um, maybe activities, maybe movies. Wait, but then there's Christian movies and Christian activities, so I didn't really give up anything there either. So, so what, really, what really did I give up? Maybe, maybe it's, it's all the abuse, right? So uh, alcohol, drugs, sexual immorality, uh, radar movies, swearing, gossip, lying, anger, selfishness. So I gave all those things up, but then re in return, I get so much more. So let me ask you the question again. Really, what is, what has the, been the cost? What, what have you had to, to give up because you love Jesus? Have you really had to give up anything? Let that, let that simmer a little bit in your mind. Have you really had to give up anything? And, and maybe there's some of you in here that you love Jesus, but you're still listening to the worldly music. So you have Christian music and worldly music. You have non-Christian friends and Christian friends. So you really didn't give up anything. You just added on more Christian stuff and worldly stuff, and you're practicing all those things all the time. You watch worldly movies and Christian movies. You listen to worldly music and Christian music, and really, what have you really given up? Have you had to sacrifice anything to know Jesus? I'm pretty sure all of us in here would agree that knowing Jesus is the most valuable thing that we know. And yet, we have given up nothing for it. You haven't given up anything for it. Like maybe some of you guys can say like, oh, but it's so hard and I got to give up, you know, I got to give up like all the bad choices I used to make. Are you serious? Is that, is that really a, a heavy sacrifice for you? 
Is that really a bad sacrifice for you? Oh, shucks, I, I had to give up talking bad about my friend. That's a, yeah, shucks, that's a bad sacrifice. I wish I had that back. We haven't really had to sacrifice all that much for Jesus. Yeah. Tonight, I want to talk to you guys about um, stories of men and women and children whose cost to follow Jesus has cost them pain and uh, grief. Uh, I want to talk to you guys tonight about the persecuted church. See, see we're, in, we're in Luke chapter 9 and in Luke chapter 9, we, we have a, a short couple of verses. If you want to turn there, um, Luke chapter 9, 7 through 9. Um, last week we talked about Jesus sending out the 12, and the 12 went out. And, and in Matthew chapter 10 that we talked about last week, when Jesus sent out the 12, he also gave them a message like, some of you guys are going to get persecuted and you're going to be taken in front of judges and you guys put on trial but don't worry i'll be with you i'll give you the words to speak so he sends out the 12 and, and there's kind of a, a a mix of different things if you if you look at the different gospels there's a couple of different things that are happening uh so in in matthew's account he sends out the 12 he, he talks to them about being persecuted um and then in the in that process kind of around i don't know if they got sent out or around that same season john the baptist gets beheaded John, the cousin of, of Jesus, gets beheaded in that like post. So the twelve gets sent out. Jesus tells them, like, you guys are gonna get persecuted. And then, like, like one of the most famous uh, preachers, evangelists of that time, gets beheaded in, in the in the process. Yeah, and and so Luke chapter nine verse seven, when Herod the the patriarch heard about all this that had happened, he was perplexed because he said by some that John had been raised from the dead. Uh, turn to uh, Luke. I mean, turn to Matthew. I just want to read that story of of John. Uh, Matthew fourteen. This is the story of, of John the Baptist and 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 how he actually went through the, the process of, of getting beheaded. So Matthew fourteen. Just just turn to the left. The first book of the old the new New Testament, um, verse one. At that time, Herod, the patriarch, heard about the fame of Jesus, and he had said to his servants, this is uh, John the Baptist. Um, he has been raised from the dead. That is why these mirac uh, miraculous powers are at work in him. Uh, verse 3, For Herod had seized John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of uh, Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because John had been saying to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. So, so John was speaking um, against him and saying, like, the life that you're living is, is not right. Like, what you're doing is not right. So because he was standing for righteousness and biblical truth, he got put in prison. It, it costed John his freedom to speak up against the government, uh, governing authorities and say, what you're doing right now is, is not right. So he got, uh, one thing that costed John was his, his freedom. 
he got locked up in prison, right? Um, verse 5. And though he wanted to put him to death, he feared the people because they held him uh, to be a prophet. But when uh, Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before the company and pleased Herod. So that he promised with an oath in front of his whole party, yeah, in front of everybody that was there, he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. Okay? Whatever you want. So she was dancing in front. He's like, yeah, that's what I like. Okay? You can have anything you want. Okay? Uh, verse 8. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me the head of John the Baptist here on a platter. The king was sorry, uh, but because of his oath um, and his guests, he commanded it to be given. He sent and John the, uh, John the Baptist uh, was beheaded in prison and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took the body and buried it and they went and told Jesus. So, a lot of times in Scripture, we, we uh, sanitize uh, stories like this. Sanitize is, is not just uh, making clean, but um, uh, all those that are all about disinfectant, like, you know, soap and stuff like that. You know, uh, to, to sanitize something, you know, it's, it's taking away the, the filth of something that is normally dirty. And, and we do that to Scriptures a lot. Like, we read this and we're like, ah, it probably wasn't that bad. You know, like they probably put him on that one really sharp, like, like metal thing and his face was down so he didn't see the blade and it just went, whoop, you know, super fast. So even though his head got cut off, it wasn't that bad. We sanitize scripture. We make it so much cleaner than it is. Yeah? What else do we sanitize in scripture? What is the one symbol that is more renowned uh, and more identified with within Christianity than any other symbol? The cross. Look, Jacob, stand up. Just model for us. Do a couple spins. You know, good CrossFit body, 6'8 figure. You know, good job. Okay? The cross. We see the cross all over the place. Yeah? There's, there's uh, necklaces and earrings. People put tattoos on. Uh, you walk into our church and there's, you know, there's a cross there, a cross there, a small cross in the bottom, a cross uh, to the wall on the right when you walk in. This cross is all over the place. Yeah? And, and we think of the cross in a way that is so much more popular than really what it really means. Yeah? Than what it really means. So go, go back to Luke chapter 9. And Jesus is starting to teach us about this cost of following him. Yeah? He has his 12. He has people who's, who's following him, other disciples. And he starts telling them about a cost. So Luke chapter 9, verse 21. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed on the third day uh, and on the third day be raised. You know, we, we read that so easy, right? That Jesus was to be killed. Jesus died, right? Yes, Jesus died. 
but he, he rose again from the dead three days later. So it's not that bad, right? Maybe. Verse 23. And he said to all of them, If any would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Deny himself daily, take up his cross, and follow Jesus. Deny him or herself, take up his or her cross, and follow Jesus daily. What does that mean for us in the 21st century? Like cross, sweet. I'll hook that up, Jesus. I'll take my crosses anywhere you want me. I'll put my necklace on, earrings. I'll put my tattoo sticker on, maybe my henna, you know. I'll slap an extra cross on my windows, you know, on my bumper so people can see me as I drive past them. What does it mean for us to take up our cross in the 21st century? 2,000 years ago, the cross stood for death, shame, humiliation, Literally, it was the worst way that you could have died. I don't even think modern day right now, I mean, outside of being tortured, I don't even know if there's a, there's a way that people die today that was as bad as then. That's probably one of the worst ways that people could have, like outside of being tortured, the worst way publicly that people would die. So we know the story, right? We know the story that, that Jesus got beaten, he got flogged, he got whipped, and and then he got crucified. The normal practice was that people got crucified on a normal basis without getting whipped and beaten. And how did they die? Not from blood loss. They died from suffocation. Because they couldn't push themselves up anymore. Imagine pushing off of feet that were nailed to an, well, nailed by a nail to a log. And, you, and you, you suffocate to death. Like what pain is worse? I need air, but then if I push off of my feet that's been like nailed to this, this wood tree, like that's just as sore. When Jesus said to take up your cross, it was literally saying that you have no more rights. It's like we say, that if, if, if when, when, when we address God, Jesus as Lord, Master. That means we become servant and slave. And whatever he says, we do. So those earlier that said, yeah, I love Jesus. And Jesus is your Lord. Whatever it says in here, we are supposed to apply to our lives. Because he is Lord, we are servants. He is Master, we are slaves. Scripture calls us no longer slaves, but actually like friends of God, sons and daughters. But that's grace. You know, the fact that he calls me friend is just beyond measure. Like it's unfathomable for us to understand that God calls us friend. But the truth is, he is the one who sits on the throne. Yeah. Luke 12 says, um, if, if you fear someone, yeah, you should fear the Lord. Why? Because the Lord is the one, yeah? Luke 12, 5, yeah? Fear him who will decide where you will spend eternity. The Father has granted the Son all authority and power. Praise the Lord that he's forgiving. But there's going to come a time 
where it's going to be shut off. And there's going to be this like reckoning, yeah, where the light will be separated from the darkness. And those who follow Jesus will be separated from those who don't follow Jesus. Those who said, Jesus, you are my Lord, and I'm going to be a biblically, uh, a Bible-following Christian. Yeah, I got, I got to put those clauses to there. Why? Because there's all different types of Christians. Even in this room, there's Christians that are here with their heart open and they're like, I want to be here. I want to learn. I want Jesus to come and correct me. And at the same time, there's young people here who could care less. Your parents force you to come and you're like, Man, I'm going to go because my mom told me to go. My dad told me to go. Yeah, some of you guys came because your friends came. Hey, I just want to tell you that there's going to come a time where it's going to be all separated. I love you from the bottom of my heart, and I will always welcome you in. And that is the Father heart of God. But there's going to come a time, because our God is just, and because He hates sin, and because He's provided the opportunity, He sent His Son down here to be His messenger. His Son ascended and, and left, you know, 50 days after the resurrection, and then He sent the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, it was, uh, the, the, the rules of God was written on, on a tablet. When the Spirit of God came, the, the, the laws of God was written upon our hearts. Completely different. Like uh, The Holy Spirit is, is in all places at all time, and He's teaching us about Himself. Jesus is knocking on your heart. And some of you in here are receiving it, and you guys are like, so grateful for it and others of you are in here and you guys are just like playing games with it and it's of no cost to you. It is of no cost to you that God is knocking on the door. That the Spirit of God is meeting you in your bed. You don't have to leave your room. You don't even have to go to church and God is knocking on your heart. And you try to run and you try to hide and He pursues you. He's active and He's involved and He runs after you. And you guys throw it away like nothing. You guys don't even pay attention to it. But then there's some of you that respond to God's voice. You guys hear God calling and you're like, yeah, God, I hear you. And I don't want to live like anybody else. I don't want to be like the world. I, I want to know that my Christianity has some depth to it. It has some character. It has some girth. Like I have a foundation that when people ask me if I'm a believer, like I don't even have to tell them anything. I just tell them, look at my life. Do you see anything in my life that is different than anybody else around me? But if they need an explanation, I can give them an explanation also. That we're believers that live the life but are also able to articulate the faith that we live. There are believers today whose cost for loving Jesus is costing them everything. Everything. I found a website earlier that I'm not going to show you guys. of this believer getting his head sawed off. 
I didn't see a picture of it after it happened. Like I saw it happen and it's on video. Like I've heard it happen before. And when I hear about Christians getting persecuted and killed, like it just, it just rolls off with no like impact on myself. I saw it with my own eyes today and, and I, I, had, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't function. I was like, what do I do after this? Like, I'm in America, you know? Like, I, I could have been drinking a Jamba juice and just flipping through the internet and be like, hey, look at this guy, you know? It, it's, it's, it's inappropriate for you guys to watch. Like, I know you guys are going to get curious and you guys are going to go look, and you guys can find it. Okay, you guys can find it. Yeah? I'm not going to tell you the website, you know, but it's on there. Okay? Um, so we're going we're gonna to listen to a couple uh, articles, okay? Um, some current, yeah? One, one is as of current as three days ago, yeah? So you're talking about, like, it's, it's happening. So we're going to listen to a couple articles. Um, this, this first article that we're going to go, um, just scroll up a little bit. Yeah, uh, this, this guy um, was, was a pastor first, yeah? Um, and, and, and before we, we get to these articles, um, and we got a little bit of time, um, I just want to say that, that the answer to all of this is, is prayer. Intentionality and, and prayer. Yeah? Because you guys are going to hear these things and you guys are going to see these videos and I know a response that you guys are going to have is, is what, what can we do? What can we do? Because that, that was my response. Like I saw these things and I heard these, these articles and I was like compelled to do something. And I just want to tell you that we want to be intentional about the lives that we live and we have to pray. Because I kind of fly across the world. You know, but we have a God who's involved. And, and this first article we're going to talk about is about a pastor who, who got locked up in prison and, and people prayed for him and he ended up getting released. So this is like a positive story. But there's a whole lot of other stories that you guys are going to hear and see uh, in a little bit that um, where, where it's not that type of story. You know, they were crying out for the Lord's help and no help came. Yeah, no help came. Um, so, let's move on. Um, 